Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory. You can find all that on the 4th Street Auto Mall Plaza in Sunbury. Or also at sunburymotors.com and Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Boy, the things, the news just keeps on coming for Penn State men's basketball and we're going to get to it today. Ben Jones, statecollege.com is going to join us today. Rob Blackman, the Purdue play-by-play man is going to rejoin us today for his take on Micah Shrewsbury. Of course, he's finishing up his tenure as assistant on Purdue's staff as they get ready to get set for the their chance their bid in the NCAA tournament this weekend so we'll talk to Rob about his thoughts on Micah Shrewsbury at 435 but once Micah Shrewsbury comes in and Penn State made that official last night the higher official last night not sure when he'll address the media but if and when he does and once he takes over officially he's gonna have his work cut out for him for sure Steve mentioned yesterday He's going to definitely need to re-recruit current players. But now we just know how much work it's going to be. As a number of players, Myron Jones, Isaiah Brockington, are all heading for the transfer portal, and more players could be heading that way tomorrow. That is a slew of players, key contributors, that are not going to be available for him possibly next year. But then what's interesting to this is Ben Jones followed up by saying, and we'll get into this with him a little bit later, that all those players I just mentioned followed Micah Shrewsbury back on Twitter today as if we get any clues from social media. This is a very precarious situation. And I guess there's been some disagreement among the players as to how the Pat Chambers situation was handled and it seems like this was this might have been pre-planned no matter who and guys were going to leave no matter who was hired so this is this is not a great situation right now for Penn State men's basketball you basically are in a position where you may have to dig from the ground up if you're Micah Shrewsbury and that's tough for any coach to do 
So, definitely curious to get Steve's take on that. So, again, it's Isaiah Brockington. Trent Buttrick, too, is also in there. He was a senior that really didn't get much playing time. Uh, Myron Jones in there as well. So, but we'll see, we'll see who else. Apparently, this is not a done deal yet. There could be others heading this way. So, a lot of questions to be asked of Micah Shrewsbury here, and we'll certainly get into that with Steve in a little bit once he joins us from the Sunbury Motor Studio. Elsewhere, of course, is NFL free agency as well. Patriots making a whole bunch of moves, which is, as you heard from Dan Patrick, unlike them. And they're really going after it on offense. You've got two tight ends that you've just brought in now. You brought in a couple of speedy receivers that they wanted to use, but I'm not ready to buy on anything this with the Patriots yet. I still think the Bills are by far the best team in the AFC East. Because there's still some holes in the on the offensive line that the Patriots need to fill. Defense, they're in fairly good shape, but not great. And then, of course, you go to quarterback with Cam Newton. Can he put it together? I, I don't know. And also, we've seen this story before where teams that go nuts in free agency can't carry it out onto the field. Now, one thing I didn't realize is the Bucks play the Patriots next year. So, you can maybe see the possible motivation to make some splashy moves here. But when you look at the signings themselves, Hunter Henry has not been able to stay healthy in his entire career yet, and you're giving the guy 37.5 mil. I'm not ready to buy that just yet. He's a great player when he's healthy, and he can certainly, and, it, and if you work it with two tight ends down the middle and op- that opening's up on the outside, I get that. But he can't stay healthy. Oh, by the way, neither can your quarterback. And then on the receiver side of things, sure, there's speed there, but the greatest amount of production really isn't there with some of the guys that they brought in. Now, Nelson Aguilar had a, a bounce-back year last year with the with the Raiders. But can we see any consistency out of him? I don't know. And on the defensive side, the Patriots signed Jalen Mills, too, yesterday. He can go for all I care, really. As far as him leaving the Eagles. He's a mediocre player at best. That's just no, me. Uh, no, I have not transferred. But yes, that is the million-dollar question right now. Who's left? Okay. Who's a mediocre player? <laughs> Jalen Mills. Oh, Jalen Mills. Okay. I, I I was just saying I'm not buying what the Patriots are doing. Um. Well, first, okay. For we'll get to basketball in a second. Um. The Patriots. Something that is forgotten about the Patriots. Okay, what's the part about the Patriots this past season we all forgot? This, we're going to tap everybody's memories here. Well, you can do it. First year without Brady. Yeah, but they got to dive deeper. You know me, I don't do low hanging fruit. <laughs> That's true. I should have known that. Stupid yeah. answer on my part. No, it's not stupid. No, no, it's an accurate answer. It's not stupid. Don't say that. No, no, seriously, don't say that. 
Hey, corner office? Yeah, tell me he's stupid, but not you. <laughs> <laughs> they had six players opt out because of COVID this year, including ah. like Dante Hightower and people like that. People forgot, I think, as the season went, who opted out for the Patriots. Very good players, point. They had six players opt out. Now, that doesn't mean that you – what, they won six games? What, they they six were 7-9 seven seven? and nine last year. 7-9. and nine. Okay. Now, does do those six players mean that maybe they're eight and eight, nine and seven? Maybe. But they had a lot of players opt out. That, and now we're going to see how they are. They haven't played. They won't be playing in nineteen months. So how are they going to be? How's Dante Hightower, for example? He's. I think he'd be the best player that opted out. But how are they going to be? I don't know. Uh, that's something maybe they don't know. Uh, but that's something to remember about them. They were hurt by more opt-outs than anybody because of COVID this year. We're going to get to... We have a lot going on here today, including Rob Blackman. I know you're always stunned when I'm able to remember something. (laughs) No, very good point, though. I would like to... And again... I think people uh, people think that they grew up in New England. I never was a Patriots fan. That's never. right. You were not. Ne- I mean, never happened. All right. So we got Ben Jones today. We got Neil uh, Neil Kulong today, and Rob Blackman, the play-by-play voice, about. Uh, Micah Shrewsbury. Uh, Joe Putnam sent me something. So I'm quickly texting him back. We were on the phone, and he had to, and he said, Can I put you on hold for a second? And it was somebody about wanting to buy tickets. So I texted him back, Sell my man, sell. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's got to so, be done now, especially. Well, look, the governor opened up everything yesterday to 50% outdoor. And who knows, by the time the cutters... <laughs> See, now now he's starting to talk like, like Girardi and me. You know it, Steve. Got to get that paper. Dick and I always refer to money as paper. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be at a tournament. They'll win a game. We'll look at each other. Okay. You know what that means. I I thought Roger Corey was going to faint the other day because he didn't know what to Penn State beat Nebraska. Right? And we're in a commercial break, and Dick says, you know what that means. I said, I sure do. Right? And Roger, of course, doesn't know. Okay. It does get to a point. Dick and I have done over 500 games together. So, we just finished our 17th year. Jack and I have obviously done 261 games together, and that doesn't include blue-white games. Okay, so 261 games we've done together. Jack kids me all the time about, you and I have like our own language. (laughs) Like, we'll say something. Nobody else knows what it means. Okay? It's just the way it's evolved. Don't know. Well, the same thing with this. <laughs> Dick Lee is, you know what that means. He, he says, and then Dick just mouths the word, 
paper. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Roger looks over and he's so confused because the two knuckleheads are not <laughs> speaking his language. So now we've got Putnam thinking it. <laughs> so I texted the back and said, Gerardi and I are proud. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh, all right. So now let's get to the basketball part. <laughs> What's so funny? You've got players leaving. <laughs> all right, look. Is there anything that has happened in the last 24 hours that has surprised me? I mean, you can answer that question, Matt. Yes, I can. <laughs> okay. All right. Is there anything in the last 24 hours that surprised me? Uh, absolutely not. Okay. So now we go from there. Um, I'll get to Micah Shrewsbury in a bit because we're going to talk to Rob about him. Look, he's a... Yeah, I'll tell you what. What the, there's one part of this situation that does. Oh, whoa! Sister Jean's vaccinated and gets to join the the Ramblers at the tourney. Yes, wonderful. Good for Sister. That's what Jean. I want to hear. Yeah. Oh, we talk. She's 101. She can make her own decision. <laughs> God, right. Goodness sake, she's 30 years older than Fauci. You know what? You can. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? She's even older than Biden. All right, so, so she can make up her own mind. Okay. <laughs> she's 101. What the heck? Let her go. Um. <laughs> uh, Micah Parsons, Micah Shrewsbury, Micah Shrewsbury is a dynamic, charismatic guy. Anybody that's around him will tell you that. Unfortunately, we're in a Zoom era right now. Boy, that sure does cut down on that, that charismatic part. It's hard to be charismatic on Zoom. I mean, there's some people that we personally know that are not charismatic in person, for instance. But we'll get back to the staff meeting in a moment. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> shows a riot. We're uh, on a roll right now. No, oh, I'm, I'm just crushing it. In fact, I'll be. I'm back for the seven o'clock show. Uh, don't forget to tip your waitress. But the so he's the kind of guy that if I could put him in front of this team. I think the dynamics would change. Now we now there are right now six players in the transfer portal for Penn State: John Hara, Jamari Wheeler, Myron Jones, Isaiah Brockington, Trent Buttrick, and somebody who's had his name in the portal for months now, but kept playing or was part of it was Patrick Kelly. Okay, so a lot of people don't know that, but you know if you look at the transfer portal, his name is there. Does this mean they're all leaving? Not necessarily. And Lamont Wade and Cam Sullivan Brown certainly showed you that. They came back. If you look around the landscape and you think this is still the best place for you, or you want to hear the new coach out, right? Okay. But also remember this, too, about the players. This is the third head coach they've had in five months. They've been through a lot. Yeah, with COVID and everything, this is their third head coach in five months. 
that's not easy to go through. COVID's, COVID's not easy to go through just with one coach. So maybe some of them want to explore and take a look at what might be out there. For anybody who sits back and, and plays the silly game of, well, they're only 11 and 14, really, who needs these people? And we're really good with them. Um, then you don't know college basketball. Don't live by the Bill Parcells, uh, your record is who you are. Um, that's not true. Suddenly, is Michigan a bad basketball team? record-wise, because the last two weeks they haven't played well because they don't have Isaiah Livers now. And they were missing Eli Brooks in another game. That's why I always love this. Next man up! Next man up? Okay, well, who who replaces in you know, basketball, you don't play your five starters the entire game. Well, who's the next man up for the guy that moved up? Huh? Again, see, I don't do low-hanging fruit. It's far more it's far more complex than what people make it out to be. Suddenly Sunday suddenly Nunez is playing more. Well Nunez never plays. There's a reason Nunez never plays. Okay? There's a reason. So what the, these players are gonna find is, you know, they played the number one schedule in the country. They went five and zero against number ten seeds. They played 14 of their 25 games against teams in the NCAA tournament. That's 56% of their games they played against teams in the NCAA tournament. They were 6-8 and eight in those games. You're telling me their record is who they are? Really? Really? You don't think John Hara can go someplace? See, the transfer portal is to help you not to build around. It is to help you. Okay? You don't think John Hara could help somebody? You don't think Jamari Wheeler could help somebody? You don't think Myron Jones could help somebody? You don't think Isaiah Brockini could help somebody? You don't think Trent Budrick can fill a role for somebody? That's what the transfer portal's for. It's not to build your program. I sincerely hope when it's all said and done, because I think the world of these young people... I hope when it's all said and done that they'll that they'll take a look at this place and say I'll still stay here. If they don't, I wish them the best because they've been a part of the success around here and they're tremendous young people I've enjoyed being around. I also think Micah Shrewsbury is going to be is has an opportunity here with some patience to do a phenomenal job. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all 
applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Wide array of pre-owned inventory. Sales staff that's going to deal with you, and they want to deal with you. Oh, sure, they want to sell, yeah, but they want to do it within your budget, your parameters, what you like. The customer means everything. means everything. And they back it up with a great service department. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, sixth player in the last, um, geez, how many hours has it been now? Nine hours? Eight hours? Sixth player in the last eight hours has entered the transfer portal for Penn State, Seth Lundy. So Seth Lundy, John Hera, Isaiah Brockington, Trent Buttrick, Myron Jones, Jamari Wheeler. So that's six of the eight guys that played extensive minutes during the course of the season have entered the transfer portal. We'll see how it plays out for everybody. And with that, we bring in BenJonesStateCollege.com with so much going on. Ben, welcome. Great to have you back on the show. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. So let's do this in chronological order. And part of the chronological order is uh, Micah Shrewsbury being hired to be the head basketball coach at Penn State. What was your thought on the hire? Um, you know, I thought that the first and foremost, I think if, if you're Sandy Barber and you make a list in your head and go, these are the guys that I want, knowing that, that Shrewsbury was up there at the top of the list, I think any time that you can finish off a coaching search with one of the guys that you wanted is always a good sign. I think that, you know, there's going to be all sorts of questions in terms of recruiting, in terms of what it's like to actually have him, you know, doing things throughout the game. But I think at the end of the day, with the money that Penn State has to spend with what they wanted and what they're looking for. Um, you know, I, I think the pedigree that he brings to the table is hard to argue with. And certainly, um, you know, the rest of it will fall in place in the coming coming weeks. Yeah, I think a lot of people talk about the head coaching part of it. But uh, let's face it, he, is, he will now be the fifth coach in the Big Ten. The fifth coach in the Big Ten that did not have any Division One head coaching experience uh, when he started his current job. Juwan Howard, Greg Gard. Tom Izzo, Chris Collins, and now Micah Shrewsbury. So obviously it can be done. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's no doubt that every every good coach has their first gig. You know, I, I think it's a different sport, but, you know, Urban Meyer kind of came up the ranks and became Urban Meyer. And mm-hmm. that's not to say that Micah Shrewsbury is on the same trajectory, but, you know, you've got to have that first gig. You've got to have that experience. And I think, you know, the fact that Brad Stevens, the fact that Matt Painter, Matt Painter to me is one of the most underrated no underappreciated coaches in uh, really in college basketball if not the country and, and just sports in general I think that for those both of those guys to have his 
their stamp of approval on him and really sort of the praise that they've had for him over the years, I think those sorts of things speak volumes a lot more than, you know, what does his resume say. Uh, your thoughts on allowing him to stay with Purdue through the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I think there's, you know, the, the fate of Penn State basketball is not going to be determined in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. If, if he wants to finish what he started with with that program, um, you know, I think that's, that's more than fine. Obviously, there's some personnel things to figure out. There's some roster management to deal mm-hmm. with. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, those guys are on a journey themselves, and they deserve to finish it with all the guys they started with. So now let's get to the roster management part. Part of uh, what he – it would not hurt him from a starting point to retain as many of the current roster as possible. You now have six names in the portal. Uh, you know, What's your thought on that, especially the five that entered today? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we knew that this was coming for a lot of different reasons. I think we knew that there was going to be this moment where the season comes to an end and the, the new coach is named and these guys are going to go places. And, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a complex situation, but it, it really isn't. I think if we boil it all down to everything that it was, it's just these guys have not been particularly happy for most of the year about how certain things were handled regarding Pat Chambers and, and, and frankly – you know, just sort of their feel for the administration at this point. Obviously, you know, guys might want to, you know, look for different playing opportunities or want to look for other things, but I think it just sort of boils down to guys that are not particularly happy. You can't speak for all of them, obviously, but I think that's the general vibe. Um, So, you know, the interesting thing is going to be, can he get these guys in a room and say, look, you know, I get it. You're not happy, or maybe you weren't happy, or maybe you kind of want to you know, stick it to the man or something like that. But this is what I'm about. This is what I want to do. Um, and, and this is why you should stay. Is that going to be enough to keep a guy like Jamari Wheeler in town? Um, you know, it, that seems unlikely. Um, but I, I imagine he's going to hear that pitch, if, if nothing else. And, you know, they're going to go from there. But the good news, I think, is at this point, if you look at at least who is in the portal and who isn't in the portal, if they can keep their freshmen, if they can keep Seth Lundy, and Miles Dredd, um, and, and, and guys like that, that's not a bad core to work with. And the transfer portal itself is such a different dynamic than, you know, what Pat Chambers dealt with after DeCellis left. You know, the fact that you can go and sort of not pick and choose, but shop a little differently than before, um, you know, it, it's not an ideal circumstance, but I think the fact that everyone, Shrewsbury probably included, seeing this coming, um, you know, it sort of is what it is at this point. Uh, there is another. There's also another element to it, as Lamont Wade and Cam Sullivan Brown showed. <laughs> you can put your name in, but you can also decide to come back. Yeah, and, and that that very well could happen. I mean, you know, these guys, you know, Myron Jones could put his name in. Now, now, granted, I'm sure that there are a lot of college basketball teams out there that would like a guy like that. Um, but you could put your name in and decide to come back, and, and very well, you know. That, that very well could happen. So you, you just don't know. Um, I think it's great that, in general, that these guys have the opportunity to see what their their value is out there on the market, if you will. Uh, but certainly, you know, the pitch for any coach uh, that has to take over a new job or, or try and maintain a roster is, that, hey, come back and, and see what I'm about. All right. Uh, there is only one verbal uh, in the recruiting class. Uh, you know, obviously, there's the transfer portal. But with all this, um, what kind of hill does he have to climb, at least initially, to get it where he, where I'm sure he hopes it to be? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how this sort of unpacks itself over the next couple of weeks because I think, you know, we knew that Jim Ferry had some guys lined up that would commit if he got the job. I'm sure that, yeah. that you know, that there are guys out there right now that there may be more interest in Penn State than they were before. I think a little bit, you know, between the transfer portal and between the freshmen that they have, they can maybe get away with not having a particularly interesting 21 class. Um, you know, you, you want to do something for 22. Um, and I think that's really where the assistants that end up getting hired are going to be really crucial because Shrewsbury's got a great, uh, you know, resume. But the, the fact of the matter is he's not spent a lot of time in Philadelphia, although Purdue has pulled two pretty good yes. Pennsylvania prospects out of uh, Philly over the last couple of years. They've got one incoming in next year or the year after that, yes. and one already on the way. So there is some familiarity there. Obviously, his time in Boston helps a little bit um, as well, just sort of being a face that people might recognize. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's going to be the challenge, and that's always been sort of the existential challenge for Penn State basketball. Can you get into Philadelphia? Um, but, you know, I imagine that he knows this. There's certainly a lot of schools in Philadelphia um, that have assistant coaches that has spent a lot of time in the city that might be interested mm-hmm. in taking a Big Ten role, so it'll be interesting to see which direction that goes. Uh, but there's no doubt that, you know, I think everybody agrees he has the X's and O's down. Uh, the challenge is, can you get the talent to match it? With everything that's happened on the basketball front, obviously, it's uh, it's it's always odd around here to think that for the moment Penn State football starting spring practice for the first time in two years <laughs> actually gets pushed back a little bit. Yesterday, James Franklin had his press conference. What were your initial thoughts after listening to it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for the most part, I think they're just glad to have something normal. And obviously not everything about this spring practice is going to be normal. No. But if you look at all the ups and downs that they had last year with how they started and installing a new offense and dealing with all these different things and really just all the, you know, the oddities of everything, because I think the thing that people forget is that, you know, spring ball was very much at the beginning of the pandemic. This was when, Mm -hmm. you know, we were under the illusion we were going to quarantine for two weeks and everything was going to be fine. And, and, you know, for them to sort of navigate that the first time, you're going to have a lot of bumps on the road. So I think, you know, it's still going to be strange, but for the most part, I think, you know, they made it through the season. They figured out how they want to do this. And now, you know, I think the weird thing about it is you've got, you know, really six guys on that staff that have never done spring ball with this program before. Right. You've got a lot of freshmen that have never done spring ball before. You know, spring ball is not rocket science, and these guys have done football for most of their lives, so they'll figure it out. But, you know, I, I do think it's sort of like a hit the reset, forget about last year, and just kind of move forward and and ultimately, you know, it's like they say, you can never get too high, never get too low. And I think at this point, they're just glad to be back out there. Obviously, it's one thing for a position coach to go through this, but there also is a coordinator in Mike Yersich. We saw, of course, last year, you know, trying to fight from behind in that regard. Having Mike out there the entire time uh, and going through a spring practice, what do you think that can mean for Sean Clifford and for this offense? I think it's huge. I mean, I think for an offensive coordinator and his offense to, you know, take up the same physical space and be able to have hands-on and be able to really, you know, work these kinks out on the field to be able to point at things and say, you go here rather than trying to, you know, learn how to teach, you know, that's huge. Because I think one of the things that people don't think about is these guys are all very good coaches. Kurt Rock is a fine coach. But the one thing that is difficult to do is to figure out how to be a fine coach over Zoom. 
and, and that that is a challenge that none of these guys are prepared for. And you kind of work your way through it and figure it out. But now that they can be back on the field, they can look each other in the eye, they can, you know, have that sort of physicality and, you know, obviously, you know, social distancing and what have you aside, um, you know, I think that's huge because it's really, you know, football is a physical game. Football is, you know, they talk about mental reps, but at the end of the day, you know, nothing exchanges and nothing's better than if you're talking about running a five-yard out, running a five-yard out. Um, so I, I think all of these things is going to be huge for the installation of the offense, huge for Sean Clifford, and really huge for them to, you know, we'll see how good the offense is or is not this year. Um, but the fact that it doesn't have to overcome the oddities of the situation in front of, you know, everything that just comes with learning a new offense, I think that's going to be huge. All right, uh, I'm going to get back to a comment you made in a moment, but I want to get to this. In spring practice, um, once we get through to practice 15, what are you looking for and what interests you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the biggest things are going to be what does that defensive line look like without some of the names we've been familiar uh, seeing obviously the blue white game has never been the sort of thing where you can glean much from the quarterbacks and we've seen enough of Sean Clifford to know you know the good and the bad that he can have at any moment but I do think you know if he can go out there and throw the ball and look a little bit more like his 2019 self that goes a long way um, you know how do the receivers look how does the defense look um, you know <laughs> the blue white's one of those things where you try not to put too much stock in exactly. and everyone goes says you know you, you have to write six stories about the scrimmage and you go, well, yeah, they definitely look like they were playing football. Um, you know, so, it, you know, I think there's definitely lots of question marks for this team, but I think the good thing about recruiting and when you recruit well is, you know, if you've got a lot of talent, it's just a matter of plugging guys in. Um, and if I've learned anything about the last 12 years or the last the last 12 months, excuse me, um, it's uh, I guess I'll just see when they show up in Madison what exactly they look like. All right, so now I'm going to go back to a comment you made in there about the difficulty of trying to then uh, talk through Zoom all right, uh, to players. Now I'm going to apply it to the basketball part. What kind of detriment is that at this moment for Micah Shrewsbury because – He's the kind of guy that I sense, you know, like I said, I've only said hi to him a couple of times, so it's not going to, I'm not going to sit here and be an expert. Like I've had this involved conversation with him yet. And you know, that that's not true. I've only said hi to him a couple of times, but you sense in seeing him talk and him being interviewed and so forth, that he is a very engaging personality. But right now that engaging personality is coming over zoom and it's not face to face. How tough is that in this particular situation for him, that that's how it has to be done. Yeah, I think it's difficult, and I think it's definitely difficult from the relationship-building aspect. You know, we were yes. talking about Good point. whether or not, you know, some of these guys want to come back or not, or the whole transfer portal aspect of that, and it's just different. You know, you and I can look at each other on Zoom, and I can see you, and you can see me, but it's not the same thing as, you know, the, the literal in-person breaking of bread and conversating and, and everything mm -hmm. that happens, um, you know, that way. So I, I think it's difficult. I think from the basketball perspective – they will be fine because basketball players are used to watching lots of film and things like that. But I think, you know, when it comes to this is who I am and this is what I'm about and, yes. and you should believe me, you should trust me, these things are difficult to sell over Zoom. And, and that's not his fault. It's not the situation's fault. It just sort of is what it is. Um, but there's no doubt it makes for an interesting couple weeks here as he tries to get his feet underneath him. Ben, thank you so much for the time and the insight. I really appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me, Steve. That's Ben Jones, StateCollege.com. In the next half hour, 
Neil Kulong, Rob Blackman, voice of Purdue basketball, final half hour. So what's next for Shikolimi, my friend? Uh, they've got the uh, what the state quarterfinals of the PIAA, correct? As of now, yes. Um, we've reported earlier in the week that there was a member of the coaching staff that got exposed to COVID. So the game's a little in, up in the air right now, but the district is hopeful to still play it. Um, so as of right now, it is scheduled for 7 o'clock tip-off against Lower Dauphin Friday night in the PIAA Class 5A quarters. And pregame would be at 6.30 here on WDKOK as long as everything goes through okay. Now, in the pregame, does the Chief get the talk? That's generally the plan, but does it always get executed that way? I'm not sure. <laughs> I always love when Kevin talks to the Chief. Now, Chief, when you look at the basketball team, and they do this and they do that, and by the time it's done, uh, I, well, you know, before you answer that, we got to take a break. All right. That's... <laughs> I hate this show. (laughs) We got Bucknell football coming up? Yeah, season opener Saturday against Lafayette on 100.9 The Valley. Dave Cicchini back in business, man. I'm happy for you. This is great. Doug, Doug, back in business. Yes. And and maybe the the Shikolimi game will go like eight overtimes, and Doug can do the game himself. <laughs> All right, back with <laughs> back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Sunbury Motor. I may be having too much fun on texting today with Jack Ham, so <laughs> and with Girardi between the two of them, uh, a couple of quick things I have picked up for each one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of it's in code. All right, so <laughs> look, none of this zero is a reflection of Michael Shrewsbury. None of it. All right. He's only been here. He's he's barely been here 24 hours. He didn't accept the job till 24 hours ago. All right? If that. So you sit there and go, that's it. I don't like him. I'm leaving. Like, this is this is the product of a th- third coach in five months, and it's been a dizzying experience for the players with COVID. COVID has nothing to do with Micah. To be honest with you, by all accounts, and again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know him. I don't. And I will. But uh, but it's if he is given a chance to actually, if they give him a chance to actually get to know him, okay, then I think you would see a change in attitude only because of what I understand about him. But this has nothing to do with him. There are a lot of circumstances to go into this. Just, just be, you know. But what gets me is, oh, well, look, they only went 11 and 14. What do you want to keep these guys for? <laughs> if you would like to embarrass yourself with the knowledge of basketball you have and say that, that's your business. That's your business. 
if you actually know the game and actually know what the deal is, then you get a little different idea of what it is. And you play 56% of your schedule against NCAA tournament teams and you go 6-8 and eight against those teams, you're not that bad. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. 